Welcome to room 4216. I'm so glad you've come. Reading the Bible can be difficult. Not to mention understanding it. Mm -hmm. Having a disability such as blindness or another can be difficult too. Sometimes it feels like God's not even there. But in room 4216... God shows us his path and we find... We are not alone. Father, what are you doing up so early? Oh, I've been thinking. You know, we, we, um, killed that guy yesterday, that rebel rouser of a rat. Jesus of Nazareth? Yeah, that guy from up north. He came in the city, as you know, last week. and was just causing so much turmoil, shot our people down. And, I and, know, and, you and the Sanhedrin oh. have been... Well, we so finally he... got through to uh, Pilate to, to crucify him, and, and uh, we got that done. Yes. But now... So what's wrong now? He's dead, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And they came back with the report that the those Roman soldiers, they are efficient. Boy, man, are they ever. They, they went and uh, uh, broke the legs of the other two next to him, and then they were going to break his legs, but it looked like he was dead, so they just stabbed him with a spear, and blood and water came gushing out there. No doubt he was dead. But his followers keep saying he's going to come back alive. That's the last thing I want after we finally got rid of him now, to have them tomorrow all of a sudden have an empty grave and say, Look, look, he's alive, he's alive. Oh, just you mean the top with them just having stolen the body or whatever? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's too bad it's the Sabbath now. Yeah, so what? Well, if it weren't the Sabbath, hmm? you could go to Pilate and ask Pilate to secure the tomb. Send a guard of soldiers. Or that's something. not a bad idea. Yeah, daughter, that, that that's not bad. Secure the grave. Have them put on a seal and and a whole garrison of soldiers. I can even trumpet up that if the grave were empty, a riot would come through. I bet Pilot would take that. Well, yeah, mm. sure he would. But but what if Pilot hmm. won't do it? You know, you've had trouble with Pilot. And his I have. Well, well, we'll go to the next plan and we'll grab some of the best temple guard and, and put some of our 16 best over there. And oh. these fishermen won't mess with those guys. They're pretty good. <laughs> I've seen them put down some pretty big rebellions over there at the temple. Yeah, I like that idea. I like that. But, but, Father. Didn't you say you were having trouble with some of the Sanhedrin? Uh, I think I got most of them. Best I can tell, only two have left our ranks. That that Joseph, he he actually had the gall to go to Pilate, ask for the body, and wrapped him up and gave him a burial in his own tomb. Well, uh, yeah, that's I would have been happy to let that guy hang up there on the cross for the crows to eat for weeks. Yes, but our our laws. Yeah. Our laws, our laws, yeah, okay, okay. Doesn't permit it, I know, I know. But that's what he deserved. He is such a rebel rouser, causing so much ruckus, especially on this, the high feast of everything. And then I, I found out also that one other guy, Nicodemus, 
he's been doing some suspicious things too. He he went to him earlier on in his ministry, talked with him. And then he's been doing some secret covert things. He helped Joseph. But besides those two, I think I've got everybody in line. I, I think I can pull this off. Yeah. And that might be exactly what happened on the Saturday following the death of Jesus, as we read in the Gospels of Matthew and John some of the events that took place. Hey, Pastor Dave, are you sure you're up to this? I mean, you don't sound like you're in full health. <laughs> well, I'm I'm on the upswing. I am doing a lot better than I was earlier this week, Cecilia. Thank oh, you very much. And besides, I have to be ready and be up because I want to celebrate Easter. That is very true. But before we start really celebrating, let's get some basic facts out there, shall mm-hmm. we? Sure. What's with this name? Easter. <laughs> it, it took a little bit of research. I I vaguely remembered it was from a Roman uh, uh, context. It actually is uh, the the Roman goddess. Uh, it's a, from a Latin word uh, where the Roman goddesses acknowledged for the month of April, and all festivals fall wow. under her name. And when it was first mentioned, about the seventh or eighth century. Uh, it was a an English uh, bishop who identified this celebration of Jesus' resurrection as Easter, connecting it with that month's celebration. Aha. Uh-huh. I got one for you. All right. What about its date? It's always moving, unlike Christmas, which is always the same. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Well, Easter is celebrated it's it's linked to passover uh which because of the time of the year that it was and easter falls on the first sunday after the first full moon after the vernal or spring equinox that is after the seasons change from winter to spring so we've got a sun a moon and spring mhm so Therefore, Easter can fall any time between March the 22nd. That's the equinox, mm-hmm, sure. And April the 25th. Because after that, uh, there'd be another, another full, full moon. moon. Yeah. Now, what about this three-day thing? Mm-hmm. Okay, Jesus died on Friday at uh, what time? About 3 o'clock in the afternoon. Okay, and he rose on Sunday at what time? Very, very early. Okay. Probably would have been dark yet. That doesn't even add up to two days in the tomb. Ah. I mean, I had this debate with a Christian, a fellow uh-huh, Christian, uh-huh. where he said that he wasn't crucified on Good Friday. It would have had to have been a Thursday. And there were some other hmm. three-day things that were just not right. It's the Hebrew way of understanding days. And I'm going to jump back to even uh, um, in creation, uh, the first chapter of Genesis, and there was evening and there was morning the first day. For a Jew, the day started at the evening. So if Jesus died at three o'clock, that's before sunset on Friday. So that's that's day one. So when sunset hit, that's day two. 
It's a part of day two as soon as you get to sunset on Friday. Okay. And it went all day Saturday. And then as long as uh, the sun sat on Saturday night and sometime after that would be the third day. So it's really, when it says three days in the tomb, it, it is really meaning in their view a portion of three days. The resurrection of Jesus, as told in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, beginning at verse 1. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the women because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves, and he went away wondering to himself what had happened. And these twelve little verses have changed the world. What do you mean? Well, both the women who ran away and then Peter and John, who came and looked, were convinced the tomb was empty. Peter and John saw those grave clothes just, it looked like the, the body just poof was gone, and gravity just had them drop neatly into place. They didn't know what it meant, but they did know that the tomb was empty. And as that would take effect on their lives. It actually transformed the, the entire personalities and attitudes of these disciples who were cowards, who ran away because they were afraid to be killed when Jesus was killed. But now we find them later as we look in the book of Acts sometime down the road, boldly willing to stake their lives and put it on the line. And not only them, but because Jesus is alive and not dead, then we can look back at everything he said, even as the angel said, because he, it was written, he will die and rise again. It means everything Jesus has said is true. Our sins are forgiven. The Holy Spirit is given. You and I will have eternal life. And the Holy Spirit will empower us to do 
Marvelous Things for God. research and study for this podcast, Pastor Dave and I both read the book, The First Easter by Paul Meyer, an excellent book, by the way. It really is. Paul Meyer is a, uh, uh, he was a Lutheran pastor, but he was a historian. He, he's in his late 80s now, I believe, or in his 80s mm-hmm. for sure. And and he loves to work with archaeology, history, and how you can use these things to document uh, properly, almost like you would with a, 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 a court case and have witnesses coming forward. He uses history and archaeology to do this very thing. If you remember back to the Christmas shows, we used his book, The Very First Christmas, uh, for some of the same research. Indeed. And as we read, uh, we saw that Meyer has some interesting takes on the uh, theories of the empty tomb. Again, if there is no empty, if there is an empty tomb, Christianity is real, but maybe there's another way to explain the empty tomb. And so came these theories. First, there's the stolen body theory. Joseph of Arimathea and the disciples took the body away and proclaimed that Jesus Christ had risen. Many would have seen Joseph uh, buried the body, and so he or Pilate or somebody came by later and took the body. But there's some problems with this theory. First, the tomb was sealed. There was a heavy stone. I mean, we're talking a stone that was four or five feet high that was rolled into place. And if I remember right, it, it actually, uh, there it's up on a little uh, channel. So when a wedge is kicked out, it rolls down in front of it. And so not only would it have to be rolled away, but rolled up the channel. Mm-hmm. Very impossible. Right. Second, as we talked about in the drama, there were guards, 16 guards, uh, taking it in terms of four per shift. Um, four would be guarding, the rest would be sleeping. So to make this possible, it would have taken some daring, resourceful, uh, highly motivated people to get it done. <laughs> and uh, that just wouldn't have happened with those fearful fishermen. <laughs> then there is the wrong tomb theory. Oh, this one was interesting. The wrong tomb theory claims that the women who were going to the garden, it was very early in the morning. And um, they got mixed up as to which tomb it was. Mm. And so there was a gardener there who was tending the uh, area where the tombs were. Yeah, the other gospel mentions a gardener. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried to say to the women uh, as they went to this tomb, he is not here. And he tried to point to the right tomb. Well, uh, in this theory, they thought that he said, he's not here, he's risen. Ah. Uh. 
problem with that is the gospel does point out that the women watched to see where he was. But even more than that, if this were the case, the priests who didn't want this resurrection to be known would have just said, hey, come over here. Here's the tomb. Here's the body. (laughs) And then there's the next theory, the lettuce theory. The lettuce theory. This one claims that that the gardener got mad because of the people who were burying Jesus trampling his lettuce. Oh, you're walking on my vegetables. Get away. <laughs> so he took the body away, buried it somewhere else, and things got out of hand, but he planted his lettuce and he was happy. And again, that just ignores the guards, the seal, the high priests, and so forth. And of course, we can't forget the swoon theory. I've heard a lot of people really kind of like this one, Mm -hmm. that he just kind of feigned on the cross. He didn't really die. And uh, maybe the narcotic that uh, was in the the wine that he took a little sip of uh, drugged him so he looked dead and... And then the swoon theory says that in the cool of the grave, it revived him. The gardener brought him out. They nursed him back to life. There's a lot of problems with this theory, however. Mm-hmm. First, he was flogged and beaten and pierced. And, and there's just no way. And besides, these Roman soldiers who did this execution were grimly efficient. Meaning that if they pierced him in the side, and uh, then they pierced him in the right spot. Correct. If they were uh, to kill him, they'd kill him. That was their job. Then the other thing Meyer points out in his book, and I thought this was impressive, that none of the first several centuries of of, uh, opponents to Christianity even suggest this. So even in the Ah. written documents, there's no suggestion of this as a possibility. So this is more modern day theory. Correct. Another theory is the psychological hallucination theory. Yeah, this one's another more modern one. It says that those who saw the empty tomb and the risen Savior saw what they wanted to see. Hmm. And there are a couple of problems with this one. First of all, more than one person saw the empty tomb first and later saw Jesus when he appeared. lots and lots of people. Mm Mm-hmm. The other problem is that they, in a hallucination, usually see what you expect to see. And these people were in despair, sad, brokenhearted. They had seen death on Friday. Hmm. So what would you expect to see on Sunday? A dead, decaying body. Exactly. And the last theory is probably the best one. I <laughs> This know. one's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. The twin brother theory. The twin brother theory. Jesus had a twin brother who always stayed in hiding until Jesus was crucified. And then what happened? The twin brother pops out and pretends to be Jesus. <gasps> Amazing. You know, all these theories take just as much faith to believe as to believe the tomb was empty because Jesus came alive. So, Pastor Dave. Yeah. Tell me, what's so great about Easter eggs? 
I don't know. What's great about Easter eggs? People are dying to eat them. Oh. How do you know where your Easter goodies are hidden? Mm, I don't know. How do you know where they're hidden? Eggs marks the spot. Oh. Why did the farmer feed crayons to his chickens? I don't know. Why did he feed crayons to his chickens? He wanted them to lay colored eggs. Oh. And uh, what do you get when you have an Easter parade full of bunnies on a very warm day? I'm not sure I want to know. What do you get? Hot cross bunnies. Oh, what a bunch of groaners. (laughs) But I do like them. But it does bring up just another slight subject, rather than getting into a bunch of jokes, of of the whole uh, cultural thing that happens around Easter, is Easter bunnies and eggs and, and, and many of these other items. And those things are all fine, unless we miss the whole heart of Easter, and that is that the tomb was empty. And Jesus is risen. Is God trying to confuse us? Well, I think I want you be answering no, but what did you have in mind? Well, as we look at the four Gospels, you got to admit that not Two of the Gospels tell the Easter story in exactly the same way. Mm-hmm. In one Gospel, one woman goes to the tomb. In another, two women or three or more. Sometimes there are two angels in the tomb. Sometimes there's only one. Sometimes Peter runs to the tomb alone. Sometimes it's Peter and John. Hmm. So what do you make of all this? Well, I love to watch trials. Hmm. Uh, People post them on YouTube, and I find them very fascinating. I love Perry Mason myself. Mm. And as I listen, I hear the witnesses tell the story of what they've seen in very different ways. Mm -hmm. So they're trying to talk about a car accident. And the first witness says... Yeah, the car just sped through the intersection and smashed into the other car. The second witness says, the car was moving, then it paused for a split second, and then it smashed into the other car. The third says, no, no, it was moving, and then it slowed down, uh, then it paused for a second, and then sped up and smashed into the other car. Hmm. But the answer is that each one sees it from a different perspective. The first witness might have just come from a bad family situation, is very upset with his wife, has just had an argument. Everything comes crashing down on him, and so he sees that the car just speeds and smashes into the other car. Hmm. Maybe someone was further back. Maybe one is better with judging distances than the other. Mm -hmm. I see your point. Maybe one is better at judging speed. And this makes good sense when you connect that then to what we're talking about with the four Gospels. Four different people are seeing it from a different angle and perspective. Mm. 
In fact, because they come from different perspectives, it even gives uh, credibility that they all are correct. For we as humans love to harmonize things, and if there would have just been one gospel, one message, then it would have been a collaboration where here we have uh, different witnesses of how things happen. I believe it's Luke involves women. And that was a, a shock. As you read it, I smiled when it says uh, the disciples didn't believe it because they thought it was nonsense. In the Jewish mind, uh, it was, uh, women were, were not to be uh, witnesses in an eye court. But they were the first one. Well, look at women. They anointed the feet. They, uh, it was a woman who challenged Peter in the courtyard. It was a, a woman who warned Pilate, release this man. It was his wife. It was a woman who stayed at the bottom of the cross. Women who followed uh, him carrying the cross. It was women who went to the tomb. If one wanted to make up a story and, and, and validate it, and get everything correct rather than being an eyewitness, none of these things would have been there. What you're saying is that Luke mentions women more than the other Gospels. The other Gospels uh, do mention the women on the uh, first day of the week, but but Luke mentions them more than the others. Giving credibility to the eyewitness account that each of them is giving a different perspective of the very same thing. For there are several things that are absolutely consistent about the Easter story, as we call it the Easter story. One, the tomb is empty. Mm-hmm. The, the grave clothes were there, but empty. And that there were sightings of him alive many times, and that he permitted himself to be both touched and uh, um, uh, that he even ate food. This Jesus is not dead, not discarded. He rose from the dead. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, first verse 14, And if Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. Then going down to verse 17, he writes, And if Christ has not been raised Your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ... We are to be pitied more than all men. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. An empty tomb doesn't prove 
a resurrection. But a resurrection requires an empty tomb. The ancient saying is so very true that Christians join together on Easter in saying, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. We love to hear from you. Drop us a note at our email, and it is... Info, I-N-F-O, at not-alone, N-O-T, dash A-L-O-N-E, dot net. We love to hear from you. Any questions, comments, as well as ideas of what you'd like to cover in the Bible study. Until the next time, May the Lord be with you. Credits. Jesus Christ is Risen Today, John Sarda, The Catholic Project, Number 6, Easter. I Know That My Redeemer Lives, John Sarda, The Catholic Project, Number 6, Easter, and our talented guitarist, Robert Vaughn.